Welcome to another round of Master Phil in Your Corner. This is episode number 95, and today we have a very special guest. We have Vince Miko, who is running to be our representative in the U.S. Congress. Hello, Vince. Hello. Thanks for having me, Phil. Great. So before we get into this, let's do some of my shameless plugs. Uh, this is this uh, podcast is brought to you by philross.com for the best in training, either online, we can do um, in-person seminars, workshops, certifications, you name it, we have it. Come check out philross.com. I have a Patreon channel. Uh, we also have 15 nutritional products and the under project, underwear, keep you comfortable all day long. So Vince, enough of that stuff. So you're going up against Bill Pascal, right? Yeah, so Bill Pascal. Pascal, tell the audience about about this uh, guy's. Well, so I'm, I'm. Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me. This is oh, great, and uh, I commend you for having this podcast and for everything you do. I'm really into a lot of what you do with your instruction, and um, so I salute you. First of all, my name is Vince Miko. And uh, let's see, I'm an Iraq war veteran. I was just saying, let's tell, tell everyone, because you got a quite an extensive background, you know, of, of serving our country, serving the community, taking Thanks. care of people down in Rutherford. You have businesses going, you have a whole bunch of stuff going on. You've done so much good. So let, let's tell everyone, who is Vince Miko? Sure, sure. I appreciate it. So um, my name is Vince Miko, and uh, like I said, I'm an Iraq war veteran. I've served two two year long tours uh, in Iraq, and I'm still serving now as an intelligence officer in the Army Reserve. As a matter of fact, I have Army Reserve duty this weekend. <laughs> and uh, you know, when I'm not doing all of that, I'm a vice president at a bank where I specialize in commercial mortgage lending, and I've got five kids. So God bless. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. It is a blessing. And, uh, you know, listen, I'm in it for all the right reasons. You know, our country, when you see the direction we're going, whether it's the economy, whether it's our military, whether it's culturally, all of the above, you know, I can, I feel like I can either, you know, get you mad at you, yell at the television or step up and God willing, try to be part of the solution. Yeah. You know, so, and that's the thing, you know, taking action and you're taking yeah. action to the next level. You know, I, I do some stuff locally. I, I'm going to, county committee and so forth, so forth. Uh, and of course I do my podcast and people know where I stand. Um, so <laughs> you know, I'm not, I love not shy about it. I love what you're about. You know, I've been, uh, I've been serving my country. I've been serving the Republican party and conservative causes and my country, you know, my entire adult life. Um, back in the nineties, um, 97 and 98, Mm -hmm. I was actually the executive director at Bergen County Republican Organization. I worked for the county chair and it was a great time. You know, we we you know, we had the governor's seat. We had all of the legislative seats, the state mm -hmm. Senate, the state assembly. Our Bergen County executive was uh, Pat Schuber, Republican. Oh, we yeah. had the whole freeholder board. We had the sheriff and the clerk. And, you know, um, so I was a good foot soldier for the party. I worked full time for a couple of years. I was also elected twice to become uh, Bergen County Young Republican Chairman. So, you know, I was one of those crazy people at three o'clock in the morning with a squad of volunteers putting signs up on Route 17 and going door to door with candidates. And 
staff in phone banks for candidates. And, you know, that's just something that's been instilled in me ever since an early age. You know, I'm first generation American. Uh, you know, my dad's from Italy. Uh, but one it? thing, Caserta, Caserta, which is about 40 minute drive from Naples. Okay. All right. So I grew up in East Rutherford and yes. I think my father's entire town from Italy, you know, kind of <laughs> navigated to East Rutherford because yeah. growing up and going to school, I always felt like half of my grade were, were my relative. So <laughs> it's funny because my, my ancestors, mostly grandparents came over from Italy, uh, mm -hmm. Naples, two from Calabria, one from Bari. My last name got changed, but they all landed in Patterson. That's where I was born. Uh, you know, we owned an Italian cafe, Italian oh. restaurant in East Rutherford my, my whole life. It was a great way. I was probably learn... there at some point. <laughs> yeah, it was a great way for me to learn how to speak Italian really well. Mm -hmm. And uh, so actually on my first deployment to Iraq, mm -hmm. I, uh, funny story, I encountered the Italian uh, soldiers that were there under yes. the NATO mission. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was just walking past one in the desert one day. And he must have thought, you know, I was at a camp where mm -hmm. primarily foreign soldiers were. I was I flew from Baghdad to uh, to this other camp because the army was letting me come home mm -hmm. for two weeks R&R &R for Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I'm in this camp where I don't know anyone. And uh, so I walked to the big tent where they were feeding soldiers and they had some TV where you could watch the news, find out what's going on at home. And I walked past uh uh, a soldier with a dark olive green uniform mm -hmm. and as I passed him I saw the velcro Italian flag on his shoulder so, yeah, yeah. so I said buongiorno come va mi chiamo Vincenzo and his <laughs> eyes lit up and he oh, yeah. uh, took me to his tent to meet the rest of the squad and uh, we managed to keep in touch and stuff so uh, my uh, my Italian's pretty good and uh, but I grew up in South Bergen and uh, played a lot of soccer I coach a lot of soccer in Rutherford and, uh, you know, I've got five kids, like you said. So growing up, my kids, I was uh, I was always their Sunday school teacher at church and I was always their soccer coach uh, on the field, you know, That's after awesome. school. So but uh, my kids, you know, uh, they make me very proud. You know, my 23 year old son, Vincent, is actually on active duty in the army now. Mm -hmm. So he just got back from Korea. We got to fly to California to go see him last mm -hmm. month. And uh, he's now stationed in Texas. He's doing great. And, uh, you know, they uh, we spend time. They still come to church with me. They yeah. go shooting with me, you know, at my gun club. And they've... Uh, you, even my, which, which gun I club? I belong to Gun for Hire okay. in Woodland Park. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm over at uh, Reloaders. My son came down from Maine. And what did we do? We went to the range. Yeah. For steak dinner. You know, my daughters fired all my hand in my 13 year old daughters fired my you know my, my kids shoot my ar-15 and oh, nice yeah. so uh you know listen that's what we're about we we uh you know uh forgotten country you know what i mean yes, yes. We, here's here's the thing you know I, I i see you know especially if you pay attention to the mainstream media we have gotten so far away from that you know god and country I mean, look, now, we're, you know, when you put an American flag up, it triggers people. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, I just ordered a the Don't Tread on Me flag shirt because I yeah. want to wear it around. Um, I, yeah. just got, matter of fact, I just got back from the range. So I went again. I was doing some of my tactical shooting because I just love doing that. But, um, you know, there's, it, it's such, there's such this, this mainstream culture against 
the Republican Party, and especially in in this, I mean, I, we got a far left stronghold here in New Jersey. I mean, just yeah. uh, the fact that you look at, uh, look, I'm going to rank on Bill Pascrell a little bit because um, he's been in politics in this area for like for at least 40 years, what I can yeah. remember. I don't even know what he looks like. I don't see him doing anything. You know, he, I mean, uh, he was he Mayor turned... Patterson for a while. And then, yeah. And, and and he's been in Congress for this district, and you know they shifted yeah. the lines. Sure. Um, but I, I don't see him doing anything. All I see is things getting worse and worse and worse, and it's yeah. costing more and more and more. And 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 why are people not turned on by the Republican Party? You know, one of the things that um, you know, I thought we were supposed to have a you know talk about the red wave. I actually did a, a podcast on it. Wound up being a pink trickle. Um, but why is that? Why? What do you think? I mean, there's. I have my thoughts on, but I want to hear from you and, and well, what do you do about it. To stay that's a great you. question. I mean, you know, I'm running against Bill Pascrell, who's been in Congress for 15 terms. He just turned 86 years old about five weeks ago. Yeah. And you know, he and Joe Biden have had the majority of everything, uh, and they've made a mess. So. You know, if you think about it, the Democrats occupied the White House when yeah. Biden um, got in, uh, the Senate was majority Democrat, the House, yeah. and they made a mess. And it's time to for fresh new blood to get in there. It's not career politicians. I've never held elective office before, but I hope you can hear in my voice and when I convey that I'm in it for all the right reasons. I've got five kids. I've been serving my country, mm -hmm. but you know, and what I do in the military I'm a counterintelligence officer, so yeah. I have a top secret clearance. You don't need a top secret clearance to know, though, that our country and our military, we need to be focused on our adversaries, on Russia, on China, on Iran. And let me tell you, our adversaries, you don't need a security clearance to know this. Not only do they spend billions of dollars against us economically, militarily, but also culturally. It's very much a part of, say, uh, uh, Russian new new generation Russian warfare to um, to spend a lot of money infiltrating America mm -hmm. to um, provoke and instigate problems and divisions and they've done a really thorough job of that. I mean, Russian operatives and this is not classified. You can read this and Google it. You know, they've they've been um, detected by our own intelligence services instigating problems. Uh, Trump rallies, at uh, uh, political rallies. Yep. So our adversaries, whether they're China, Russia, Iran, you know, they're they're playing on all cylinders against us. We need to recognize that, and it's no secret why we see a lot of this woke baloney agenda infiltrating not only our employ our places of employment, but our mm -hmm. schools where our children go, and even in the military. Oh, yeah. I still serve active in the Army Reserve. And on weekends, when we're on duty or in the summertime, I've got five weeks of uh, Army duty coming on mm -hmm. in Alabama very soon. Instead of us focusing on our adversaries, on the latest tactics and readiness metrics to be able to confront our adversaries, I mean, we're, we're sitting in PowerPoint presentations about how to react when you have a transgender person in your sleeping quarters or in your shower quarters and the pronouns you have to use. And this, I mean, this is a bunch of baloney. This is, we need to be focused primarily on 
defeating our adversaries on readiness. You know, our military is going through a recruiting crisis, the army in particular. Um, And so we need like 40%. Yeah. We need fresh leadership in Washington, D.C. Well, the other thing is, too, is that what's it like between 75 and 77 percent of the the people in this country age uh, 17 to 24 are ineligible to join the forces. They're either too weak. They're not smart enough. And there's like 10 percent that have a criminal record. What does that yeah. mean? And then, and then, pl- and then plus, plus the fact that, you know, they, they wanted this, uh, this ridiculous COVID shot. I'm not even calling it a vaccine. Yeah. Because it's yeah. Not. Um, they wanted to do this. At least they, they rescinded that because they saw, you know. They rescinded it, but we had to get it. Let me tell you, I had to get it. A couple of years ago, I wanted to go overseas on vacation to go visit my dad's relatives in Italy. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't go because I didn't want to get the yeah. vaccine. And because they were tracking your passport back then, mm-hmm. whether or not you got the vaccine. So I didn't go. But then by that September, the Department of Defense had mandated for the entire force, you're going to get, you're taking the jab or you're getting, you're going to be chaptered out of the military. So we had to do it. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what good it did uh, because, you know, last year, you know, the the jab, the, the, the vaccine was proven with each passing uh, period of time that we assess the results. It's been, it's been a fraud. Uh, well, here, I knew I knew that they it was fraudulent from the moment that they said we're going to eradicate this virus because you can't eradicate this virus. I mean, I don't know how much you know about this. This is one of the things I do um, because the, and they were saying it's like polio, like mumps, measles. Well, no, it's not because those viruses are species specific. Mm. They will they reside in human reservoirs. Now, coronavirus, influenza. HIV, they all reside in animal reservoirs. They will continually mutate. It will always change. It'll never be eradicated. It's here to stay. Mm-hmm. But, and I called this out a while ago. You look at some other podcasts, and then we brought it up in another one later on. But I said, eventually, it's going to become less deadly and more virulent. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's going to be more transmissible, but it's, it's going to peter out into nothing but a cold. Which well, it resulted in economic catastrophe, yes. political catastrophe, and now that was the premise for this vote by mail baloney uh, that we're all which has got to, to stop. It's got to stop. I'll you know, tell you, I told my wife when they said when, when they went the vote by mail, I go Trump's going to lose. Well, there you have it. <laughs> you were, you know. Uh, I've I've been deployed twice to Iraq for my first deployment. I want to say lasted 14 months, the entire mobilization. Yeah. My second lasted 12 months. And both of those years when I was in the desert from Iraq, listen, I was able to vote absentee. Yeah. So I would love to see us get back to, you know, you show up and you vote at the ballot box. But if you can't do that, then you apply for an absentee ballot. That's the 100%. way it's always been. 100%. And there's no way that you can suspect fraud i mean there's there's enough fraud even with the existing system without going out and inviting additional fraud i'll I'll tell you this one of my one of my um employees former employees i used to run my fitness facility of course you know COVID squash that but um you know one one of the guys working for me you know he's um uh, latino and Mm -hmm. he goes he goes jefe look you know i was talking he's great i love his kid he's awesome he's gonna go places anyway um he told me that they had his family 
kept getting ballot after ballot mailed to his house. Mm. But he, you know, he, he was a Trump guy anyway. But they kept, he goes, he goes, look at all these ballots. He brought them in. I'm like, and they never requested anything. And they got multiples. Yeah. How much did that happen? Yeah, yeah. It, it invites, you know, listen, it invites fraud. And there's always been a cloud now over our election results ever since they started with this, you know, vote my mail baloney. You know, our republic has gone really well where people went to the ballot, you know, the, to the ballot box and or absentee ballot for all this time. And, you know, anyway, I that's but, but, I'll say this. You don't have to say this, but I'll say it, it just seems like, you know, 12 o'clock at night, the Dunkin Donuts truck pulls up with a bunch of boxes. You hear those anecdotes from around the country and it just makes more people sour on the yes. democratic process, you know, yes. and make people more cynical uh, on their elected officials for allowing this to happen. And it's largely a consequence of COVID, you know, despite the uh, economic disaster, catastrophe that resulted from COVID. And, you know, that's one of the things I think I bring uh to the race is a level of credibility on economic matters. You know, I'm a yes. vice president at a bank and I've been a banker for my entire adult career. And I've seen witnessed firsthand the dramatic steps that the Federal Reserve took. I get it during COVID to try to protect the economy. The problem is these um, artificially low rates that they imposed for entire, for far too long, at least 24 months too long. Well, now, this inflation problem that we have is a direct consequence of that kind of intervention. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this kind of pain that the American people is going through because of inflation, because of the general state of the economy under the Biden administration, mm -hmm. you know, these are the things that the Federal Reserve was largely intended and created to try to avert. These were the smarty pants know-it-alls that got together <laughs> after the Great Depression to try to prevent another Great Depression from happening. But, you know, it didn't avert the mortgage meltdown in, you know, 2006, 2007. In fact, a lot of these um, bad periods of the economy are imposed by the federal government, by bureaucrats looking out for the elite, the, the elitists. So one of the fires in the belly that I have um, running for Congress is I want to have a renewed and an increased level of accountability and transparency when it comes to monetary policy, to the Federal Reserve, I don't think uh, we can sustain. And the proof is in the pudding because we're trillions of dollars in debt, inflation, you know, it's impacting everyone. And let me tell you something, you know, uh, uh, the, it, it disproportionately impacts working class people that mm -hmm. live in the 9th oh, yeah. Congressional District when they go to fill up their car with gas or they go to buy a dozen eggs. I've got five kids. Do you know how much a dozen eggs costs at shop right nowadays? I mean, if you want organic or the free yeah, range, like, like the decent eggs, bucks. they're eight, eight dollars, eight dollars, eight seven ninety nine. Exactly. So but, that's but, just ridiculous. You know, here, here's something you know. I, you know, here's something really cool that I noticed. And if people watch this, many, many people listen to it. But if they watch it, they they pull up on YouTube or Rumble. Um, they're going to see the sincerity in your voice. Uh, you know, they're going to see how, your demeanor. And, and you know, this is, and I know where it's coming from because honestly, look, if you're anything like me, I'm not worried about me. I'm going to be fine. I'm worried about our children. I got, I have three kids. Okay. You have five. 
you know, I'm worried about their future. Are mm -hmm. they going to have this, this, the same lifestyle, the same lives that we had? I, I at the, on this trajectory, on this trajectory, they will not. Mm -hmm. So the thing is that, that and, and what I got to, the thing that's very frustrating is that, look, the Republican Party, the conservative movement is very inclusive, yet it's being pigeonholed as not. Mm -hmm. you, know, uh, you, know, we're, we're, you know, they, they uh, focus on these one, they, this one issue, like here, abortion, for instance. Mm -hmm. The way that it was positioned was all wrong in our, uh, in our state. They positioned it 100% wrong. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they, they were lying about it, about, oh, well, they think uh, this one should, they should, um, uh, people should go to jail for having an abortion. First of all, state of New Jersey has that full-term abortion. You can decide to abort a child right as it's crowning, okay, which to me is disgusting on more levels than you can think about. Mm -hmm. um, you know, these are the things that they were, that, that they were putting forth and saying that the Republicans sponsor, and you know, we don't. Um, All the left can do is demagogue us and lie about us or call us a racist or call us right. transphobic or we're mainstream, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I talk to people, black people, white people, Hispanic people, they're with us when they know the truth. But right. if they get demagogued- yeah. How do we get the truth out there? Because the mainstream media twists everything, they chop things up, they throw it out there. And then look, I've had I've had my podcast pulled from YouTube before. Yeah, yeah. Because of the way I speak. With each passing year, people are becoming more cynical and they're not looking to news as the objective source of news that they used to. When we were growing up and I had yeah. the when I was Walter a kid, Conklin, a black, black and white TV with the antennas, but, yep. <laughs> you know, and it was just kind of like a Walter, very sober down the middle, delivering the news. But now it's just, uh, it's just degenerated into something different. And that's why it's all op -ed. It's all yeah, op -ed now. people are more uh, cynical now and look into other sources of media or just tuning the media out. And then they're just relying on, you know, their friends uh, to steer the, you know, uh, to steer them in the right direction at the the water cooler at work or at the coffee shop um, Twitter. because <laughs> we're being force fed a narrative, especially if you're a Republican, we're being targeted as, you know, uh, because if we're Christian, we're being tar targeted as hated, you know, uh -huh. as uh, hateful, yes. um, you know, and listen, we we're the mainstream. And, you know, as Republicans, we need to uh, reassert our rightful place as the party of the mainstream. Yes. The Republican Party is the one that delivered on uh, civil rights for African-Americans yeah. in this country. And the, the, the Republican Party is the ones that are trying to, um, you know, when you look at the catastrophe that our borders become, you know, and all of the fentanyl that's been coming in through the southern border, not to mention illegal aliens coming in. You know who's disproportionately hurt by that? Working class people and African-American people. Wait, you know, the, I have a great solution. How about this? All those people dwelling in their basement that are just doing nothing. I say, you know what? We'll trade you. You guys go down to South America. Give me those people who want to work. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't even swap. Yeah. Our adversaries know, though. Listen, you know. The largest Russian embassy yeah. uh, is in Mexico. And you know why? Because of its proximity to the southern border. 
because you know, in the intelligence business, our adversaries, they infiltrate. And like I said, it's not only they spend billions of dollars uh, uh, against us militarily and economically, but also culturally. And so uh, fentanyl. fentanyl I'm, I'm just gonna bring that up. I was just gonna bring up the fentanyl situation. Fentanyl is largely derived from China and they're an adversary and we can, you know, fool ourselves into thinking that they're not, but they are. And they, um, they have plans to take over and be the preeminent, the most dominant superpower on the earth uh, to our expense. And they're working on all cylinders. So I recognize it and I'm going to bring that recognition uh, to Congress. And you're going to hear the fire in the belly and the passion uh, when we talk about taking measures to protect the American people, whether it's the border, whether it's protecting our children against this woke baloney agenda that's infiltrating our schools. And listen, you know, whether it's protecting our rights too, and oh, yeah. also for more transparency and more accountability with the Federal Reserve, because, you know, we have a group of smart, you know, know-it-all elitist bankers uh, puppeteering the strings of the economy right now, but, you know, we're paying a rip-off prices for gasoline. You know, we dealt with a logistical nightmare uh, for years on uh, the, the, uh, the flow of goods into the country. You know, and uh, look at the price of groceries. Like I said, the price of the gallon of milk, the price of a dozen eggs. It's, uh, you know, ridiculous. We need to do something about it. And yet it's not like we have a whole lot to show for all of this pain and sacrifice because our country is $30 trillion in debt. And we've already, we're up to about $112 billion that we've shelled over to Ukraine. So, you know, somebody, I must have missed the memo when we, adopted Ukraine to become the 51st state uh, of the United States of America. Can I, <laughs> you know. can I I'm, I'm finishing up my taxes. Can I claim them? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we've got more dependents. Yeah, exactly. More dependents so, you know, we've got plenty of our own problems to solve, you know, especially uh, uh, low to moderate and working class people. Uh, African-Americans are being disproportionately hurt by the policies of the Biden administration. And just a few short years ago, yeah. the African-American unemployment rate was the lowest in history since it was being tracked. And now all of those great metrics have been decimated. How can how can we reach that community? Because, listen, I have, I have friends, uh, every spectrum you want, and, and most of my friends are of more of the conservative mindset or at least a libertarian mindset. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I, I, I see the African-American, black community, whatever, however you want to term, how they are just taken advantage of 100% by the Democratic rule. You look at every single Democrat-run city for decades and decades and decades, decades, right? The people in that area are downtrodden. They're, they're smashed. The mm -hmm. crime is off the charts, and and yet they keep pulling the lever for the blue. I yeah, yeah, I know you're right. And you know we've got our work cut out for us in yeah. cities like Patterson and Passaic. Mm -hmm. um, and what we need to do is just share. You know, the church is a great resource. You know, I teach a Bible study on Zoom every Monday night, most Monday nights for my church. And we get all that we get Hispanic, we get black people, we get whites, we get all different, you know, in the military, it's so remarkable about 
at least in my observation, the lack of division among the races in the military. You know, two weeks ago, I drove, uh, we had a 20 year uh, anniversary with those of us that invaded Iraq together in 2003. Yeah. Yeah. And it was so great to exchange hugs. And, and there's nothing like the, I don't know if it's the military or just that experience of going to war together. But, mm -hmm. you know, so many of my black brothers and sisters that I served with, they know, and I know, we would do anything for each other. We would take a bullet for one another. And it's a shame you come home back to the United States and there's this division, but it's in largely perpetuated by, like I said, the media, the elitists that are in the media that don't forget for the news to sell advertising and to be exciting, there's gotta be sizzle and there's gotta be drama. There's yeah. gotta be tension and they go out and look for it and they disproportionately mm -hmm. You know, I'll say they I'll say they create it in many instances. Exactly. And, and it doesn't matter. They don't care if it's right. They just want to be first. Mm -hmm. This is this I is, think the African-American community has had it, too, with the Democratic Party. You know, with each passing year, they can see that, you know, we like you said, we give the Democratic Party our vote every year. What have they done for us? What have they done for us? And the answer is just not trying to throw money at problems because the proof is in the pudding. It really has not, you know, we, we have to roll up our sleeves and take our black brothers and sisters by the hand, our Hispanic brothers and sisters by the hand. And we have to, you know, be in their corner and show them that we're one nation under God. And, you know, if I'm elected to Congress, that's going to be that's going to be evident in my speech and my conduct every day. Uh, they're trying. They're trying to destroy our melting pot. We have a melting yeah. pot yeah. in this country. That's what makes us sure. great. And what they're doing, they're just putting us into these little little boxes. You know, their intersectionality. Everybody, because they're they're creating that whole and purporting that whole victim victim mindset. Mm -hmm. Now, be a victor, not a victim. Yeah. You know, we are the greatest country in the world. I want us to stay that way. And yeah. We have to change this trajectory. We have to it's true. This ship now. We got to get that message out. So you know what? I mean, this has been a great segment. It's, I really uh, appreciate. I it. love that. This is going to go all over the place. Um, I appreciate the opportunity. And, and you know what? You we're, we'll come out. You come out again. We'll get it out more. We'll get the word out more, and I'll, I'll be right there with you, helping you along on your on your campaign. Because you know we need guys like you, people who love this country, love their family. Love God and love doing the right thing. Because that's God bless you, my brother. I love you for saying that. And I love you for being in my corner. Listen, for Master anybody, who, corner. anybody who wants to check me out, yeah, I was gonna my say, website is, is vincemico.com. Vince Miko, M-I-C-C-O. It's one word, vincemico.com. Uh website is up. I'd be an honored if you'd come over and kick the tires and check me out. And uh, if you like what you see, if you like what you hear, then I'm Hoping, God willing, that you could be in my corner. What what district? New Jersey's ninth congressional district. So it's twenty four towns in Bergen County. It's about nine towns in Passaic County and two towns in Hudson County. Great, great, excellent. Again, Vince, thank you for being on, and thank you, audience, for listening to us and getting to know Vince. You're going to see him again. This is Master Phil. Strength and honor. Thank you, my friend. Pleasure.